Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about people who are really good at their jobs and really bad in some other areas that are, well, as you talked about on the last episode, that can be cancers. Yeah, absolutely. You're not talking about me by any chance, are you? Well, I've been meaning to talk to you, Dave. Which part of the job am I really good at? At least stroke my ego. (laughs) At least start there um the the recording the posting part no actually i suck at that actually our last, <laughs> we, we missed a week because i just got so behind i'm like ah and actually we almost missed two weeks like i posted what should have been a week ago or two weeks ago monday or whatever uh, like i just posted it today yesterday which was tuesday instead of monday and then i you know so no Sorry, you missed on that one. So you suck at telling me what I'm doing. I only at. say that you're good at it, so I don't have to do it. Well, I mean, it is my responsibility. I'm probably going to find somebody to take that on. But uh, yeah, it's... What's, when we start making all the money, I monetize my other podcast, Dave. You know how much I've made so far? 23 cents? 70, no, 17 cents. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, that was not worth the paper it was printed on. I don't even know how they're going to pay me and I don't care. Anyway, but um, let's talk about this, though. And we mentioned it in the last episode. So we were like, let's just go ahead and talk about it now. Um, Well, we've got somebody on the team who's really, really good at one aspect of the job and really, really bad at another. Yeah. And it's and and when this has come to me and I don't mean because I um, frankly don't deal with this in the sense when I've had employees. I don't have the challenge that most people have, but but I remember talking to the owner of a uh, electrical contractor here in San Diego. And as a small family electrical contractor, service contractor, so not a construction, they would go out to your homes and, you know, either do projects in a home or, or fix a problem in the home. And they had this one guy who they said was just really good on the production side. He was a good electrician. He made a lot of money because, you know, they got paid by the project sort of thing, but but he did nothing else right. And she couldn't, I can't afford to get rid of him. Is that what you're talking about? That's pretty much what I'm talking about. You know, when somebody creates a toxic work environment or they don't, you know, somebody's a great salesperson, but they don't submit the orders. And, you know, so they get, they get delayed or, you know, whatever aspect where they are as good at one thing as they are bad at another. Yeah. So what is it you recommend doing with them? Well, I mean, it it all depends, obviously, on the situation. But I think the thing that so many people are afraid to do is potentially move them out of the position because there's a scarcity mindset that we're never going to be able to find anybody that good to fill that role. Um, But I mean, like a friend of mine called me the other day and the, the one guy that she's working with is holding them hostage. He knows he's really good. He knows he's the golden child. And so he's just not doing the stuff he doesn't want to do. And it's really impacting the business and the culture. Yeah. And, you know, let's look at this from a 
sort of a global perspective. First of all, the act of failing to act, mm. right? That's what we're talking about from, from a manager lead, leadership ownership perspective, right? We're talking about failing to act, failing to hold people accountable, right? So first of all, that's an act of cowardice, right? That comes from fear, right? And cowardice is inaction in the face of fear, right? As the opposite of courage, which is action in the face of fear, right? You can't be a coward if you're not afraid. You can't be courageous if you're not afraid. Correct. Right. And so if you decide not to act because of fear, that's the definition of cowardice. Or run the other way. Well, I guess that's an action, but yes. Yeah. Um, all right. But I think I think our point here is... Acting obvious. on the situation is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, acting to change the situation as opposed to remove yourself from the situation. Right? <laughs> so, so that's, that's cowardice. And, and so how do you find courage? Right. Because that's, that's really a question is where, where does courage come from? We, right. we you know, fear or, or cowardice really is a state of lack, not a state of, of, of abundance. Right. So cowardice is a lack of courage but okay but that's really the opposite so what really is it a lack of it's a lack of empathy for others right to a degree um i think i think it would be more what you were talking about was that sense of lack it's the belief it's the scarcity mindset that there isn't anybody else that could do this as well as they do and we can't do it without them i yes. think that's well in this particular situation Right. And I'm just saying, I think there could be empathy for others. People could know the impact and still not step forward and say, I'm going to do something about this. I'm not sure about that. And this, let me tell you where I come from and why, why I say that. I don't think they truly know the impact. Okay. They may intellectualize a little bit, but courage actually comes from caring about others. It was actually Lao Tzu, who was the founder of Taoism several thousand years ago, who said, um, being cared for deeply by others gives us strength. Caring deeply about others gives us courage. When we care about others, we have empathy for them, what they're going through. That's where courage comes comes from. So if we're if we are fearful, if we are cowardice about an action, I shouldn't say fearful, right? Because you have to be you have to have fear mm -hmm. to, to 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 show courage. But if if we if we are not courageous about it, it becomes because we're not understanding, truly understanding how our lack of action is negatively impacting others. Because if we did, we would act as a human being. That's just sort of the nature of human beings. Y'all didn't realize that Dave wore his loincloth to today's philosophical dis discussion. I actually wear my loincloth every day. It's so cool. Oh my, thank goodness this is Zoom. Well, and, and I think well, that's the well, key. Hold on, hold on. Uh -oh, Fair, fairness go. for those who aren't watching, right? Which is everybody. Don't stand up, good God. Right, I was about to say, it is below the desk. <laughs> Not Jeffrey Tubin. That's the, that's the new like Zoom below the belt thing. Oh, it's below the desk. Anyway, 
No, but I think this is really, really important to think about as we're making any courageous leadership action is what is that people are discounting the if I don't move and they're only thinking about what could go wrong if they do. Right. So let's talk about what is going wrong by not moving. Okay. So we have this scenario where we have, and, and I don't care what it is. They are a producer in one small area. They don't do the other things. Maybe they don't get along with people. Maybe they don't do their paperwork on time. Maybe they don't, they cut corners, but you know, the end result is there, but the procedures aren't there, right? Which frequently almost always actually causes problems down the line, right? Right. So there's this host of other, I know, air quotes, folks, little things they don't do, but because the end result seems to be what we want, we're afraid to get rid of them. Right. What goes on when, uh, let's focus on the things they don't do. How does that affect the team? Well, I mean, the expectations, you know, we talk a lot in this call, this podcast about setting expectations. And to your point, lack of action will imply permission when it comes to people not doing things. And so when somebody on your team is not following a process, not doing the paperwork, not whatever the thing is, the rest of your team sees that. This is only one little piece of it, but the rest of the team sees that and either says, oh, well, we don't have to do that either then. Or they think, oh, why is Pat so special? What's going on? I'm now resentful and I'm probably not going to do something else because I know you're supposed to do that, but it's not doing it. So let's talk. Yeah. And Pat got away with it. I'm going to get away with it, even if it's a different it. Right. Exactly. I'm going to balance this out. And so this is what I call the metastasization of the cancer. It moves to other systems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it spreads like a metastasizingness. <laughs> it's a good thing we went to medical school. Um, right. <laughs> and so now our abilities as leaders to persuade people to follow the procedures, to do things, to do a new procedure, this completely undermined because we let one body get one. And now there's another more, much more subtle interaction that goes on here. And I've talked about my accountability triangle before. One leg of the accountability triangle is model, right? We need to model the behaviors we want to see. Our job as a leader and a manager is to hold people accountable for doing, following procedures and doing what they're supposed to. When we let somebody get away with it, for whatever reason, we're not doing our job, which is giving tacit approval for other people not to do their job. Exactly. Step one, do it yourself. Yeah. And so we start modeling the wrong behavior. And people start following that role modeling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 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 This is probably the biggest eye opener for people I work with. You know, when, when we do uh, accountability Academy is they realize they really need to hold themselves to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. Right. You realize the ripple effect of your inaction and lack of courage um, and, and what, what it does. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just did a talk for the United group out in uh, Phoenix uh, last, last week. Seems like so long ago, but it was just last week. <laughs> right. Right. It was, it was a great group, fun, fun, fun group. 
But I, you know, in, in the comments I got afterwards, that was one of the ones that is constantly repeated. I, I actually had one gentleman, and I won't say his name, um, but he came up to me when I was doing a book signing, gave me his card, and he said, what's it going to cost? And I said, what's it going to cost to do what? He said, what's it going to cost to stop me from being an asshole? You know? Oh. And, <laughs> right. And what he was really referring to actually was his frustration with other people not doing their job. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee it stems from an area or two or three or 10 where he wasn't doing his job. He was probably doing the things that he was really focused on and good at and the things he was uncomfortable at, he let go. And as a result, you know, and then he gets frustrated and then he turns into that body part. Yep. <laughs> Well, and that's such an important thing. And you say this all the time is as a leader, when something's not going well with my team, the first thing I need to look at is what am I doing? What am I role modeling? And I always tell people like, you're, you may not be doing it on purpose. You may not even realize that it's a problem. So don't think about the things you're doing on purpose. Think about the things that you, you don't think are a big deal or you're just not doing and where the impact of that may be. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, and this is also, this is not like a switch you throw like, oh, I realize I'm doing not and tomorrow I'll do every, no, it's <laughs> incremental. It right. really is a slow growth process. And as you get better at observing and realizing over time, little things start chipping away until the things that you're not doing a hundred percent and you, you're never there. Right. But, but the things you're not doing a hundred percent are really minor and you still keep improving because they're still the biggest ticket on your things to do to fix what you're really doing now is you're modeling growth as a human being and your team will follow suit right well and sometimes the first step of that growth is saying this person is a cancerous growth and it's time to start holding them accountable and moving moving forward with you know either holding them accountable for doing the things they're not doing or moving them along and yeah. that could be the best thing for everybody. Well, I guarantee it is the best thing for everybody. And, I, and I'm serious about this, right? This is not spin or anything. That person is not happy. There's a reason they're not doing things right. Even though it's like, I love this one aspect of my job, but I hate the right. Because if they love the other things, they would be doing them. Right. Right. Because they'd appreciate the value of doing them to support the other hard work they're doing. They're not just holding you hostage like this person my friend works with. Right. And so- now they're truly not happy. They, they're, they're like this, and, and this could be their mindset. This is as good as it gets. This is what, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say life is suffering? You know, I've heard that countless times mm -hmm. in my life. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I'm glad I don't live in your head. Yeah. Right. Doesn't well, have to be. Right. Life is joyous. It really is. Well, okay. and, and one of the things that as we talk about these, getting rid of these toxic people, one of the things that is a big, big, big thing in most companies' minds these days is employee retention. And if we think about the impact of, you know, and the loss of trust and the loss of joy and all the suffering that comes with this person who's creating this toxic malignancy in your company, how many great people are you losing because you're not taking courageous leadership action? That's exactly right. There's, you know, there's another look we, we talked about, you know, how does the rest of the team. So, you know, the way I always thought it was people do one of two things. 
So one, they throttle back. We talked about that. He doesn't have to do it or mm -hmm. she doesn't have to do it. Neither do I, right? And they pull back because, you know, the hard chargers at 75% are still outperforming the everyone else who's working at 50%. So why not? Why be at 100 when you could be at 75 and still look good, right? Right. And so the other thing that happens is those people who have enough uh, character, strong enough character go, I'm not pulling back. That's not who I am. And they, right. keep, the they, they keep the throttles to the firewalls but they go, I'm unappreciated. So yeah, I'm right. going to continue working hard for you. And I'm going to continue working hard for me by looking for a place Finding where I will be appreciated. Yep. And don't be thinking that, you know, just because you pay them really well, they're going to stick around. Mm -hmm. People know these days that they have choices at, it, for, from a job perspective, uh, and they're going to take those choices. And pay is never the reason people leave. Right. It's the excuse. Well, and burnout and overwhelm and, you know, job happiness is such a common conversation these days. People are looking to be fed and, you know, uh, fed and watered and fertilized by their job. Nurtured. I think the word you're looking for is nurtured. That took an inappropriate turn. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and the reality is, I know you said these days. This hasn't changed in decades. This is this was the same seven in, sure, in the some 70s. leaders haven't changed in decades, Dave. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, this this was the same 50 years ago. This is why this is exactly why um Edward Demings it was Edward, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Demings. Yeah, which Anne's gonna Google me. Um, or Demings. Um, uh, but this is this is when he developed TQM which became TQL, Total Quality Management, Edwards. Edward, um, we're waiting, folks. Somebody's yelling right now at their podcast. Get on with it. Damn it, we don't need his first name. Edward, W. Edward Demings. Yeah, so Edward, I thought, okay. Saucy-looking gentleman. Right, but this is why he developed TQM. This was in the 50s when he did that. You know, that was 80 years, uh, 73 years ago. This, this has been the same no matter what. It's not just today. The difference is today, more business leaders are aware of it and act on it. Back then, it was so novel that, you know, it was hard to find a place that catered to your whims. Yeah, right. And so and figuring out, yeah, how do we keep the right people? And are you losing the right people by trying to keep the ones the that are half people. good? Oh, yeah. I love that. Are you are you losing the right people because you're keeping the wrong people? Well, we could both share this one. Nice. Awesome. Anything else you want to cover? I think we've covered it. You called people cowards. Uh, you talked about doing your laundry. And um, I talked about getting fertilized at your job. So I think we've pretty much covered. That's that's three. So we'll, we'll just move it along. And and I love it because you just gave me the title for this podcast. Cowards, laundry, and fertilizer. Or something <laughs> like that. How to fertilize your cowardly laundry. I don't know. Welcome. One of the yeah. things I've been working on as I think about my own professional development is being able to write better. Like, no, not write better. I write well, but I, I want to write funnier. And one of the things that one of these people that I'm following uh, always does with her last emails is the, the subject line is always three things from the thing, but it they're always absolutely hilarious. And the three things. So I wish you would please put that and it'll probably entice more people to listen. We'll find out. All right. Until next week. Thanks, Dave. See y'all next week. See you, Mike. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, 
And you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. <laughs>